All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Um, so the Raiders are going to be playing the New York Jets this weekend um, at MetLife Stadium. And uh, everyone seems nervous uh, for good reason. The loss against Atlanta was, was bad. It was really bad. Um, still bad, even after a few days. Uh, and the Raiders just, just played horrible. And what, what really sucks here is that as fans, we just don't have that, that track record to trust with the Raiders, that something to lean back on. Like when, when teams like the Steelers or, or teams that have won for a long time, you know, even like, you know, I hate to say it like the Chiefs right now or somebody, if they're going through a, a tough time or have a really bad loss, those teams have done enough in the past to just be like, man, they'll, they'll bounce back from this. They'll, they'll surely, uh, you know, go on a run after this. Maybe this even kind of ignites the fire again, kind of kind of really kicks them in the ass and, and they start win, winning games again. The Raiders don't have that. In fact, it's been quite the opposite. Especially in 2019 and 2020. Um, I'll get to that qu uh, question later when I get to the mailbag. But, I mean, this is where the Raiders were last year pretty much. I mean, it's just one week off, honestly. And uh, the Raiders need to win this game. Um, it's a must win. I, I would even argue that it's the season depends on it. Like, how could it not? The Raiders would be a 500 team if they lost. It'd be six and six. And, and in the AFC where you have Cleveland, Miami, the Colts, Ravens, you really can't afford to lose games against you know, especially when you play them coming up, right? The Raiders are lucky that they play the teams like Miami and Indianapolis, which I, I've seen some people say like, oh man, those are going to be tough games. It's like, well, at least you get a chance to like beat them yourself. You don't have to sit there and scoreboard watch for the rest of the season, right? And they have the tiebreaker over Cleveland. Baltimore's losing games. They got hit hard by COVID, but so did the Raiders at one, one week. It happens. I mean, Baltimore got it worse than any team I've ever seen, but I mean, it is what it is. So this is a must win. It's a must win. And it's so weird because, you know, I can't even say I'm exempt from this, but if you look around on Raiders Twitter, it's it's gloomy right now because we've seen this before. And what I find is interesting with the Raiders, and I, I try to, you know, look at numbers a lot, analytics and, um, you know, grades from certain sites. And uh, when I make my, you know, takes on certain things but you also have things that you can't quantify like leadership and who's the Raiders leader right now now, now some of you are going to say Derek Carr but I mean, with no disrespect to him but I, I think he's the captain on the team and I, I think the team rallies around him at times but how come it just hasn't shown up later in the season right like last year when the Raiders went bad, nobody was there to really, you know, kick the team in the ass. And, and this is on Gruden, too. But, like, as far as players on the team, who was there to kick them in the ass and be like, look, man, you guys, you, you know, really light a fire under them. That's what a good leader does. Who's there on the Raiders right now? Even Alec Ingold was kind of making some kind of cryptic comments. I don't have the exact quote, but I remember him kind of saying, like, it, it didn't feel like the locker room is super lively right now. Or, you know, doesn't, which is a bad sign when you're in a playoff hunt. The playoff hunt, you should be you know, just ears pinned back, ready to go. Just kind of 
in survival mode pretty much. And, and uh, you know, I'm not saying the Raiders aren't trying. I'm not saying that they're even taking it easy. But how do you have a flat week of practice before Atlanta? Unless you thought it was a guaranteed win. Which, uh, I'm sorry, the Raiders have, I've, I've said it all the time, the Raiders have not earned that right to have any game be a guaranteed win, especially against the 0-11 Jets coming up. What I find interesting about this leadership thing, too, and, and look, this team's young. A lot of guys are young on this team, um, especially the recent draft picks. But weren't these draft picks based on character and, like, you know, football IQ and and leadership and, and winning at the collegiate level, knowing how to win, right? Damon Arnett, Cleveland Furl, they come from winning programs. Where are they? Where are these guys, you know, when – when you need it. It's never too early. I remember Mac and Carr were leaders their first year. Right? I mean, definitely Khalil Mack is his first year. They, they were, I mean, they were a young team. They weren't a very good team, so they kind of were leaders by just the, the position that they play, but there wasn't much around them. But now there's guys around here. There's, there's guys that were drafted maybe ahead of some more athletic guys. Maybe guys that might be a little more explosive, uh, a little bit better, more polished players. But these guys were they fit the mold of a raider you know like they they love football and they love that if you love football this much step up lead this team all right like that's that's all that's all you can say and yeah i don't i don't know i don't know it's 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 discouraging right now it's 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 discouraging to hear that it's one thing to lose games it's one thing to drop a bad game any anything can happen any given sunday but when you hear stuff like that that's that's when it's really bad and, uh, you know, coupled with John Gruden's December record, which I, I touched on last week, and uh, I reposted uh, Marcus Johnson's article about Gruden's struggle in December. And I asked him a little bit more about it today. I, I said, so now, in his piece, he was saying that the Raiders start hot a lot of years, start red hot. Teams can't keep up with their offense. And in, especially in years past with Tampa and, you know, the Raiders, uh, his first tenure with the Raiders, he had some better defenses to where they were just flat out killing teams and and really lighting them up and and not letting them score but what what happens in december right what happens in december so i asked him i said well if every single year this happens which record wise it, it more or less does 20 and 35 in december career for john gruden and if that happens every year why can't teams stop it early in the season and and his comment to me and uh you know saying if you, he puts the wrinkles in his offense every year to start the season. He spends all offseason installing a few new things and stuff. Problem is, he doesn't really change them throughout the year. He, he's kind of tried and true. Like, look, this, this, this offense works. This play works. This works. You see it happen all the time. They call the same couple plays in the red zone all the time. You saw the Falcons. They didn't fall for any of it. Last year, the Jets, they didn't fall for any of it. They crushed the Raiders. The Jets crushed the Raiders' run game. And it was a sloppy weather game, although the Jets' offense seemed to play like it was a 72-degree sunny day. But for the Raiders, it was like, you know, Hurricane Katrina. And <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, what's the... I guess what I'm saying is, is, is what, what something needs to change, right? And I was asked a question. I'll answer it later about John Gruden's ego with his play calling and just to touch on it now, teams aren't fooled anymore. And I'm, and I'm wondering if, if Gruden knows he's 
if if Gruden knows that and he just figures, no, my plays are better than their defense and and my guys are better than their guys and kind of buys into it almost a bit too much. So we need to see some wrinkles. And now this week, Josh Jacobs has missed his second straight day of practice. That ankle injury didn't look great, um, even though they're saying it's a sprain. But um, I might be in the minority here. I, I don't want to see Jacobs play this weekend. Not, you know, no disrespect or anything. I just, I don't, I don't want to see him aggravate the sprain. I don't want to see him make that something that, like last year with his shoulder, playing through that shoulder, you know? And the Raiders needed him last year, and, they, and he played through it. That's what you do, I guess, right? That's, that's fine. I just, you should be able to beat this team, an 0-11 team, with Devontae Booker, who's been very good this year. So give Josh Jacobs some time to heal. He's got a lot of mileage on him. Gets a lot of carries. And I think Devontae Booker is faster than Josh Jacobs. In fact, I know he is. It, it just it shows up. And I think that outside runs there. And uh, I, Gruden should be able to run out of the shotgun a little bit more with him um, and, and, and really do some things with him. Now, he can't really – I haven't seen Devontae Booker in the past game much this year, and I haven't been too impressed when they have uh, thrown the ball his way. But I think Devontae Booker can have a huge game on Sunday if the Raiders are accept or are not getting predictable. And by predictable, not running on first and 10, right? Just, just first and 10 here every so often, sure, do it, right? Mix it up. But it seems like it happens every time and teams sell out on it. Work that play action early. Maybe establish the run a little bit later, right? You can work in reverse. Everyone, you know, the, it's kind of been debunked, but they say you run to set up play action, but you could also play action to set up the run. I'd like to see the Raiders do that because the Jets secondary, and I'll get into it later, but Jets secondary is susceptible, especially at the second level and uh, with their linebackers and, and the corners. And, you know, the back end, they, they have some players, but still. Raiders can't get predictable. There's no reason they can't beat this team, but we, we all know the reason why they might not, right? Or the reasons. It's turnovers. It's quarterback fumbling. Other guys fumbling. Running backs fumbling. Blown coverages. Dumb stuff, man. Dumb stuff. And whether that comes down to preparation or if that just comes down to personal accountability of the players, I'm not really too concerned about that right now. Um, we'll talk about that after the game and, and when the film breakdowns come out down after that game. The Raiders need to win this game. This game, you know, I, I don't really care how it happens. I'd like to see a Denver-type win over this Jets team. I don't care. I honestly don't care. Some people are saying, oh, it needs to be convincing win. No, it needs to be a win. Just win, baby, is a, is a legit slogan. It's one of the best slogans of all time, and it definitely applies when you're in the second half of the NFL season. Style points don't matter. Just win the game. So let's move on to the Jets here. Uh, the Jets, and, and, you know, I don't want to disrespect them. They're a bad team. They're 0-11. I mean, I, I didn't feel like I had to, you know, put any window dressing on them. They're a bad team, but, it, you know, they're being led by a guy. And I, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I'm not a big fan of Sam Darnold, but I was kind of hoping – few weeks ago when Darnold was hurt I was hoping they were going to just maybe IR him for the rest of the year I was hoping Raiders could go get Joe Flacco uh going against them who the Raiders do pretty well against Joe Flacco especially when he was in Denver last year um but Sam Darnold ripped them apart last year and I and I honestly don't think Sam Darnold is is quite worth building around again if I'm the Jets if I'm the the Jets I, I go after the top pick in the draft and I go after Trevor Lawrence I start with him and, and maybe see what I can get for Sam Darnold on a rookie contract. Maybe it's something high. Maybe you can get a second round pick for him. 
couple that they already have a couple first round picks. That's something I would do personally. But damn, Sam Darnold last year, he crushed the Raiders. And and you know, look, Paul Gunther should take that film and and he should have been showing that to the defense all year. All offseason. He should have been showing that to them. And, and you know, nothing went right in that game against the Jets last year. I remember picking up a shift uh working, being really mad. Um had to pick up a shift on on a Sunday. Uh, we were super swamped at work. So I was like, ah, you know what? Got the game on the radio, no problem. No worries. Got the earpiece in. Cool. Man, I, I took that earpiece out by like the third quarter. I'm like, man, they're like halftime. I'm like, this is bad. This is bad. So they can't let it get bad early. And and you're going against a coach who has nothing to lose. Adam Gase has nothing to lose. And that's the scariest thing about this team. Adam Gase might be. Adam Gates might be coming off like day three of his bender on Sunday. But damn, he, you know, that long ass pinky nail, you might see him hit it a couple times on the sideline. And you never know. <laughs> you never know. Like, like it hasn't looked good all year. It didn't look good all last year. But then when they played the Raiders, you, you got to hope does Adam Gates maybe just know something about Paul Gunther's defense, you know, broken clock right twice a day, just know something about Paul Gunther's defense where he just knows all the weaknesses and he knows how to catch them off guard. Because that's the scariest part about this team is their record, the Jets team. It's no, it's no one player on this team I'm scared of, right? I know I said Sam Darnold ripped him apart, but on intensive purposes, I'm glad they're playing the Jets you know, this week and Sam Darnold doesn't scare me isolated on his own. The scariest part about the team is the record, 0-11. Teams don't usually go 0-16. That's only happened a couple times. So they usually beat one team. And, you know, mathematically, that team's going to have a better record than you. Raiders have a better record than the Jets. My dad's a Rams fan, and he's like, ah, I'm scared to play the Jets this year. They don't have a win yet. And I'm like, well, when you guys get them, I, I hope they don't have a win. I'll tell you that much. Because I, I, the Rams play them in a couple weeks, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping the Raiders don't give them that first win. Because remember the Raiders in, uh, God, it must have been 2014, right? Carr's rookie year. They started out 0-10. That first win felt like the Super Bowl, and I know that'll be the same thing with these Jets fans. Now, granted, they're not going to be in the stadium. The Coliseum was rocking that night. It was raining that 0-10 night. That was crazy. That, that, it's scary going against the 0-11 team. I know they're 0-11 for a reason, but they got nothing to lose, and they got guys playing for jobs, got guys trying to put out good film to maybe get picked up by another team because you know most of the time when your team's 0-11, you end up getting rid of a lot of the guys. Now, getting to their position groups uh, up front, offensively, um, protecting Sam Darnold, a lot of weaknesses, right? A lot of weaknesses. Their, um, their offensive line is, is, leaves a lot to be desired. Pat Elfline, uh, um, I'm sorry, no, Connor McGovern, uh, Van Roten, guys like that. They haven't been very good. One guy that's been great for them is Mekhi Becton. He's been, he's been phenomenal. He's actually... Uh, He's actually really uh, had a nice rookie year when some people thought he was kind of a project, um, but he's just an athletic freak, and, and just people aren't getting by him at a, at a regular uh, rate. So the uh, Raiders, uh, Raiders defensive ends, they're going to they're gonna definitely uh, have their hands full, I'll tell you that much. Like, uh, um, looks like doesn't look like Cleveland Furl is going to be back this week. Uh, Arden Key and Max Crosby, I mean, they're, neither of those guys have been having great years this year. Arden Key, I, I was 
pretty excited about in the offseason. I made that bold claim. I said, you know what? I think this is the year his pressures go up. I'm, I never know if the sacks are going to be there, but his pressures are going to go up. And, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's happening. Um, but Max Crosby, um, I kind of thought a sophomore slump was going to come. And, you know, you're going to see six sacks from for Crosby leading the team by a long shot. But he has not been playing well. He has not been playing well uh, this year. Been getting pushed around in the run game. Missing tackles. And he's not winning one-on-one. I, I've been talking to people about it all week. And, and you know, these are very knowledgeable Raider fans that I've, I'm talking to. But a lot of people are down on Cleveland for fourth overall pick, right? You're going to have different expectation, expectations for your fourth overall pick over your fourth round pick, right, of that same draft. Um, and Crosby, for what it's worth, has been a great fourth round pick. He's a great hustle player. I think in a good defense, like a really good defense, he's kind of a um, a second rusher on the team, like kind of a guy you, you bring in in spurts, right, when you need know, some hustle plays, some big energy plays. That's what Crosby does. He's all hustle. He does not win one-on-one battles a lot, but when the quarterback has to hold the ball for a long time, Max Crosby does a good job of hunting the quarterback down, and when he wins, he tackles the quarterback. So that's one thing I can say about that. These guys are going to be going against, uh, you know, he's supposed to be lined up against Becton. Um, if that, if that's uh, the way I'm looking at it correctly, and and Crosby's going to be having a good uh, shot against uh, who's what's the guy's name? I'm, let me get him. Oh, Connor McDermott. He he should have a good matchup because Connor McDermott's not doing very well this year. And uh, Raiders got to get pressure. The pressure wasn't there last week, and uh, I can't lie to you and tell you I think it's going to be there this week. But they got to find something thought the times that they were able to create pressure, they had to send a linebacker in. And, and maybe that's something that they, they want to do this year or uh, this week, excuse me. Um, but like I said, uh, Sam Darnold, he's actually got a decent receiving core. Uh, Brashad Perriman, Jamison Crowder, and uh, Denzel Mims, who came on, I think he was on IR for maybe the first half of the season, but first few games has actually been pretty solid. Uh, I was a guy I liked out of Baylor. He, he, uh, He's been good. Um, he's actually that that wide receiver core is not terrible, um, despite what a lot of people might believe. So uh, definitely in the slot, Jameson Crowder can be a handful at times. So uh, if if Joiner's back this week, which uh, I didn't look if Joiner was practicing, uh, he is. Let's see, he's not on the injury report. So, well, by all intents and purposes, he should be playing. Um, so Joiner should be back. Um, Maybe they move around Lawson in the slot, but it looks like it's, you know, maybe a bounce back game from Arnett, man. I'm going to call that today. Let's get a bounce back game from Damon Arnett um, uh, if, he, if he's going to play. And, uh, and, and he was limited Thursday. So I, I think a bounce back game um, from that injury, I should say. Um, but even in Kansas City, had kind of a tough game against those guys like that. I think if Damon Arnett's healthy, he could have a nice get right game because – He's a dog tackling in the run game and, and tackling receivers for short yardage and stuff. But maybe in coverage, I, I think this would be a nice week for him to bounce back um, if, if he's able to play. And I hope he is able to play um, and get over that concussion. So, anywho, the uh, Raiders have done a nice job against the, the run game. And the last couple last couple weeks, I, Clyde Edwards-Elair got scores, but they aren't giving up those huge chunk runs that you're, you've been seeing uh, early in the season, which that really concerned me with this defense because uh, if this defense can't stop the run, um, they're already not you know great against the pass, and we knew that going in. But if they weren't stopping the run, they weren't stopping anything. 
And uh, lately, I think they've clamped up. And uh, look, you're playing like a 40-year-old running back this week. And Frank Gore, and uh, I think it's P. Ryan is his backup. Um, you're you're going to want to you're going to want to stop that run early, make Sam Darnold hold the ball for a long time, uh, make your tackles on the short routes when he gets rid of it quick. It's uh, you just can't let these big plays happen against them and no penalties, no dumb roughing the passer penalties. I remember there was a bad one in the Jets game last year. Uh, Max Crosby. I, I didn't think that was roughing, uh, but last week I thought Max Crosby foolishly ran into Matt Ryan, hit him up high too. It wasn't a hard hit and Ryan was a veteran. He flopped, but that's going to get called every time, especially a veteran quarterback like that. So they got to be smart against this team. You can't give them free yardage. They've had they've struggled all year. Don't you know? Make them earn it. So on uh, on offense, uh, the, the way that, or I'm sorry, the Jets defense, I should say, but the Raiders offense. Um, I think the Raiders are just going to have to not let the two uh, really good defensive linemen, Jonathan Franklin Myers and Quinnen Williams. Uh, people, you know, Raider fans will remember him from uh, the draft last year. We just missed out on him, and a lot of fans wanted to trade for him this year. But uh, he's a good player. Uh, he's good. He hasn't had that like crazy Warren Sapp type emergence yet. Uh, I think he started a little slower than people thought, but very good, very good player. Um, they run a three four. Um, they got so they got big big dudes as their three down linemen, um, and they they have they have some talent there. Now, where it gets interesting is in their uh, let's see here in the Jets defense. Sorry, I'm pulling up my little graphic here. Um, there's a guy as their nose tackle, um, kind of underrated. His name is Folarunso Fadukasi. Um, he's a UConn guy, six round pick. So they're three down linemen. They're grading really well. They got three guys inside the top 25 on, on, on PFF out of 127. So that's, uh, that's legit. And I was watching a little bit of some of their, uh, some of their defensive, you know, reps and stuff from some of their film guys on Twitter. And, uh, and they, they looked apart up front. So again, this, <laughs> this Raiders offensive line got crushed last week by, by Atlanta's front who I think Atlanta's front four okay let's say three because Grady Jarrett's a beast their front four is not good uh the Jets you know three down linemen are are very good um now I will say the linebackers have struggled pretty bad this year Jordan Jenkins Terrell Basham uh, uh let's see what's this guy's name Oh yeah, Neville Hewitt. Uh, that's uh, I kept forgetting what his name was. But the uh, guys like that, they have not played well. Their linebackers don't cover well. Um, should be a game to get Darren Waller back in. This uh, it should be. Now defenses are definitely keying in on Darren Waller, and I expect the Jets to do the same. But if guys can't cover, it doesn't matter if you key in on guys. And uh, you know, could this be the Henry Ruggs game? Could this be the Henry Ruggs game? Jets corners. That might be their weakest position on their team. Uh, Lamar Jackson, not the quarterback, the cornerback, and Bryce Hall. Uh, Bryce Hall's a promising young player. Um, I, I think he might get there, but um, Lamar Jackson is uh, really struggling this year. And I'd expect to try to, you know, let Ruggs shake him out of his shoes a few times, run, a, you know, run some short routes. Let's get a slant to Ruggs. Can we get a slant to Ruggs, please? John Gruden only runs him on, like, outs and, and – uh, you know, and deep routes and stuff like let's get a slant route. Let him go over the middle. I can I, look, we don't know if Henry Ruggs can take a hit over the middle because we haven't seen it, honestly. 
So get get that ball in his hands early. It's a broken record. We've been saying that every every week. Uh, I like the Jets sweeps here because I, I don't think the Jets have that speed on the outside. I, I really don't think they do. To where if you can get some Jets sweeps, like I said, outside run to Booker, maybe some plays with rugs. Raiders ran a really cool, interesting play against Carolina where they kind of had rugs in the backfield, pitched it to him on like an option. That was cool. Where's that? Bring that back. So that's something they can attack there. Now, an absolute X factor on their defense, Jets defense, is Marcus May. Marcus May is very, very good. He's been around for a couple years now. Uh, second round pick out of Florida. Uh, he's the real deal. When they had him and Jamal Adams together, that was two of the better safety, one of the better safety combinations in the league. And Marcus Mays, even without Jamal Adams there, still balling. Um, really good. Uh, another guy they have is Ashton Davis. I really liked him in the draft, too. He's young kind of struggling a little bit. So if he's going to be starting out there, I expect the Raiders to kind of look his way and, and see what they can do against him, especially in coverage. So, yeah, look, I don't have a lot of positive things to say about the Jets. I'm just a little bit worried that the Raiders are going to Raider. You know what I mean? Raiders a verb this time of year, and uh, it's not a good one. And, you know, it sounds kind of harsh, but, look, I said last week's podcast was was harsh, and you guys all said, like, what are you talking about, man? I was way more mad than you. So, I feel like I'm in a safe space here to be sad sometimes. And, uh, you know, I'm still nervous about this this Raider team, about making the Jets look like, you know, the – I don't even know, like uh, like the Chiefs, you know, like making the Jets look that explosive against them. I am nervous about that. So, you know, again, Mr. Gruden, $100 million coach, 10 years, 10-year deal. This guy's a guy you want – Man, Mark Davis really, really gave this guy a long contract, and we might be looking at Groundhog Day if the Raiders lose this game. Just that same, same look. The team was a little bit better, in my opinion, as far as how it looked. But if the record's the same, who cares? You got to win these games, and this is one of them. We all had this as a, you know, a game that should be won by the Raiders. Not a guarantee, but should be won. Also, the Falcons game, in my opinion, too. Let's get to the mailbag. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be nervous anymore about this game. So I got some mailbag questions, and I and I see why you guys don't mind the negativity from me because oh, she she guys were asking some negative questions, but I'm here to answer them. And I thought they were good questions too. So this first one comes from Desto Hendricks uh, at Desto Hendricks at Desto underscore Hendricks, um, and that's Hendricks like Jimmy with the X at the end. Um, so he, his question was, he just wanted my thoughts on his take. So um, he says, for the sake of the team, I think Gruden needs to put his $100 million ego aside and hire a young coordinator to, to collaborate with. <sighs> no, that's not going to happen. But uh, having a staff <laughs> full of his stubborn old cronies isn't doing this team any favors. And dude's play calling is stuck in 1999. Thoughts? Okay, let's start with the first part of your question. Um, Gruden hiring an offensive coordinator. Um, would love to see it. Love to see a nice young mind um, in there. I, I totally agree. That's what they should do. Uh, here's the thing. John Gruden would never do that. And if you've ever seen the old Charlton Heston clip from the NRA uh, um, rally from a long time ago where he's raising the rifle, you're going to have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands. That's what Gruden's doing with his playbook and his offense. You're not taking it out of there. He'd be, he would hold on to that 
if he was having a heart attack, like I'm going to the grave with this. That's how John Gruden treats his offense. That's it's not going to, it's not going to happen. Even though I agree it should uh, just for that same reason, not getting stale later in the year. Cause I, I like John Gruden's offense. I like it. I like it. I like, I love the West coast offense. I love working running backs and tight ends, um, especially with the athletes you have at those positions now, especially with the athletes, the Raiders have right now on their roster. Um, like Waller, Jacobs, um, Richard, uh, and you know, guys like that. I, I like it in gold. Um, I, I like the offense. I think it's good. It's good to spread the ball around. Makes you not have to invest so much in like a number one receiver. But if you have a bunch of num- a good like number two guys, it's good. I like it. And and I, Derek Carr fits it. You know, it's just it's just the play calling. And like he says here, he says, I'm gonna say the second part of the question again. Having a staff full of his stubborn old cronies isn't doing this team any favors and dude's play calling is stuck in 1999 thoughts completely agree. I talked about that earlier. Uh, red zone. It's very predictable. I think we can all almost yell out some of the plays that they're going to do the double jerk and uh, man, just like why sale, you know what I mean? And, and you're, you're going to see, maybe even that like some screens like even just in the middle of the field you'll see that screen to waller that hasn't worked since the denver game last year um where you almost wish that didn't happen back then because then he wouldn't like maybe he would be like ah it didn't work but i think he's always hoping waller's gonna break that for like 87 yards again and um no i I completely agree and i don't there's a lot of raider fans a lot of homer raider fans that are like look man Step you know, year three of the rebuild, like it's a young team and Gruden still, you know, he didn't have anything when he got, you know, he traded away all these guys and he's rebuilding from scratch. It's year three, it's year three. And he's one of the highest paid coaches in the league has the longest contract in the league. And uh, we need to normalize expecting things from guys that are making big money on this team. So um yeah i i completely agree with you on that and and gruden needs to shake it up in the red zone um i am gonna bet that he doesn't i just hope it works now i hope the jets are bad enough to where they might know what's coming and still not be able to stop it which that doesn't make me feel very happy about uh being sustainable in that matter has a good offense so uh thanks for the question there uh let's go to the next one and uh i think stevie had two questions yeah yeah he did so that, that'll be a good uh these were these were two really good ones too. Kind of a two-parter, kind of a similar uh, field that he asked the questions in. Um, so Stevie at Stevie D underscore underscore, um, and uh, he says if Richard is out long term, could we see Theo Riddick get his snaps as the receiving third back when he's off the COVID list? Uh, yes, I think so. I think that's what he was there for in the tra- in training camp. Originally, I thought when they brought uh, Theo Riddick in, I I thought he was there to help Lynn Bowden in pass protection because. Um, yeah, there's a name you forget about Lynn Bowden, like a third round pick this year. And he, uh, I thought he was there to help him cause he was really struggling in that regard, learning, even just learning the position, bringing in a guy that's not necessarily competition, but a guy that you could keep. And in the COVID circ, you know, the, uh, COVID climate in the NFL, you always want to have guys that at least were there in the off season, learn the offense a little bit so they could come in if you know, you absolutely need him in an emergency. So, um, yeah, I, I do think Theo Riddick should, should get some of those snaps. And uh, especially because Jalen Richard is the Raiders' best pack, pass protection uh, back. And I think Theo Riddick's had a nice long career of, uh, in pass protection. And, uh, yeah, I might be a little biased. He's a Notre Dame player. Really, I really enjoyed him at Notre Dame. thought he was great. So, uh, 
you know, and I guess maybe if you didn't know I was a Notre Dame fan, maybe some of my Sam Darnold comments earlier uh, might make a little more sense to you. I can't stand USC. Sorry uh, to, oh, I don't know, 60% of Raider Nation. That's USC fans. But yeah, uh, uh, anyways, yes, I think uh, Theo Riddick should definitely uh, get those snaps. And um, if Richard comes back, I still think they're going to lean towards Richard. I think Gruden, they extended Richard last year, but I, you know, who knows how long Richard's going to be on. So I think Theo Riddick's going to be there as long, but uh, not when, not when Richard gets back. So um, yeah, that's, that's uh, what I would say about that. And uh, let's see Stevie's second question here. Uh, He said, okay. Also, if Jacobs doesn't play Sunday and Richard is out, do you think Ingold would get snaps at running back to give Booker a break? I hope not. I don't, I love Alec Ingold. Love Alec Ingold. I think he's great. I love Alec Ingold in the pass game. I love when they get Alec Ingold out wide. Everybody backs off. Receivers run deep. Alec Ingold stays back one-on-one with a DB. He wins every time. I love that. I don't really like him carrying the ball that much. I could be wrong. I haven't seen it much, but other than like, you know, maybe a short yardage situation, I don't even really like the fullback dive on fourth, fourth and one with him. So, I, I hope not. I'd, I'd rather see a like a a mixture of Theo Riddick in there. You know, I think that'd be a lot a lot better. And uh, um, and again, I don't want Jacobs to play this week. And you know, maybe I, look if Devo- if something happens to Devonte Booker, then yeah, it's all hands on deck. Hopefully, what Gruden will do is spread spread the field out and use your short passing game as your run game, or you know, start getting creative. Which again asking him to be creative and uh hopefully that's able to that's able to happen um and maybe a couple carries to Ingold, but um i'd rather work him in the pass game personally um on some play action maybe getting him out in the flat one-on-one i i think he's lethal out there and um i think it's i think it's better when he's able to he's able to catch and run better than he is to take a hand off and run personally uh so let's see let's get to the last one i believe i only have one more here and uh thanks again for the questions guys this really helps uh um you guys bring up stuff that maybe i'm not even thinking about this week so uh this one comes from oh yeah got the mac dre abby always good who shot me at pepitos jordans it says we have five games left with a huge chance of making it to the playoffs so why do I feel like it's 2019 again? I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> it's the same coach, same quarterback, same defensive coordinator, and, and you know, largely some of the same offensive line. And these guys don't change their ways. They don't adjust. You're not wrong for feeling that way. I feel that way too. And I hope, I hope that it's not. I hope we're all overreacting. And you know, some of the Homer Raider fans, if the Raiders win big, they're going to be like, she Raider fans thought we were going to lose. No, we're all exhaling a sigh of relief because we're normal people and notice tendency and notice that this is what happens with the Raiders, especially the last two years under Gruden. So uh, I think you're right. I, I think it does feel like 2019 again because there's not that much difference in the team. If it was a different coach or different... Uh, you know, I don't know, just different other circumstances. Yeah, I would think so. But, you know, it's, it's, it's on Gruden to change it. 
It's on Gruden. A lot of people put all this stuff on Carr, and look, Carr can't fumble the ball. That can't happen. You have to take care of the ball. But I'm always going to blame this coach. This is Gruden's team through and through. I think he has a say in every personnel decision on this team. I don't know about the draft picks. I still don't know. I, some of that might be Mayock. Some of that might be shared. But as far as personnel decision on this team, this is all him. And I saw uh, Matt Fallon say something earlier, especially on the Raiders' defense. It's like they've invested way too much money in high draft picks for it to be this bad, even this early in some of these draft picks' career. It shouldn't be this bad. So let's hold this team to a higher standard and expect more from it. You know, I, I, think, I think it does feel like 2019, and boy, a big win over the Jets would... You know, even if it is sloppy, I'll, I'll feel a little bit better. I'll feel like, look, they found a way to win. And they didn't find ways to win last year. I went one and five down the stretch. And actually, I do have a, uh, another question. I forgot to bookmark this one. But uh, uh, let's see. This one right here. This is kind of tied in. Why does this team take years off my life each year? I have not looked up. And then, I'm sorry, that's from Eric uh, right there at Oakland 627. Um, so why does, my, why does this team take years off my life each year uh i have not looked at the average life expectancy of a raider fan but uh, i'd imagine the people that are in my generation 30 years old uh late 90s when they were kids saw a little bit of the great the good era but maybe you weren't the football savant that you are now um you know football addict that you are now um we kind of just know this you know and I, i don't know eric i don't know your age but um it does feel that way. It's stressful, man. It's stressful. I'm, I'm miserable when the Raiders lose. I am miserable. You can't talk to me. You just can't. That's why, it's, that's why this podcast, it's like, it's awesome after a win. I can't wait to do it. But after a loss, I'm like, fuck, do I have to? And it's not even that, you know, I don't enjoy doing it. But damn, dude, talking about losses suck. Because I'm already going to get asked about it at work by my Niner fan coworkers. <laughs> so, um, no, it, it's... It's tough, man. It's just years of, of poor leadership and ownership. Um, you know, even the last years of Al, I love Al Davis. I, I think I think Al Davis is like the coolest owner of all time. I think he's awesome. And and in the seventies, during his heyday, there was nobody better, in my opinion. But man, those last few years of Al Davis, and say what you will about Mark Davis, but I think the worst thing Mark Davis did, other than move the, you know, I. I don't think the move to the team, it hurt my feelings because I didn't want them to leave Oakland. But if you look at it from a business standpoint, Vegas was a no-brainer, especially with what Oakland was offering or lack thereof. It was no-brainer. But Mark Davis's big mistake, I think, was just dropping to his knees when he saw Gruden. It's never the money that I'm worried about because that doesn't go against the cap. You can pay Gruden whatever you want. You can pay him $100 million over four years. I wouldn't care. That's his money. But 10 years locked into Gruden. So that's seven more years. And, I mean, maybe he could cut it short by two years. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think Mark Davis will ever fire him. So that's that's where Mark Davis, you know, it's just poor leadership. It's, it's um, you know, draft picks going on, having good careers elsewhere, you know, and, and you realize why didn't it work here under all these different coaches. It's tough to say. But, you know, like, maybe this is the year that Cleveland and the Raiders make the playoffs as wild cards this year. Maybe this is that year. It's all we got, man. Let's, let's at least be hopeful for that, you know. I'm as cautiously optimistic as anybody, but let's just hope maybe this is the year that Cleveland and, you know, like I remember when the, the Rays and the Phillies made the World Series randomly one year. I think that was 08, uh, I want to say. 
Nobody expected those two teams to make the, the World Series. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with the Raiders, but every once in a while, that happens. And maybe that's the start of something new. But you got to beat the damn Jets. You got to beat the Jets. So that's it for me this week, guys. I am a nervous wreck going into this Jets game because I believe it is the season. They lose this game, mock draft season, right? Uh, I have my uh, my bleach underneath the kit, uh, the uh, bathroom sink, so I'm not going to say what I'll do with it, but it's there. And uh, it's rough, man. It's rough. I see people every year post the same thing. They lose this game. I'm done. No, you're not. You're not done. You would have left a long time ago. You would have left a long time ago. You can't. This is being a Raider fan. It's something you're saddled with, man. And uh, it'll there'll be nothing better when they win. I, I truly believe that they will. But oof, be nothing better when they finally win sustainably. But it's been a long time coming. So, um, let's just hope the Raiders come out there and and just play a play up to their level. Play up to their talent level, right? That's all you have to do to beat the Jets. No turnovers, no penalties, create turnovers. Sam Darnold makes some dumb throws. Pick them off. Get some pressure. Win your one-on-one matchups up front. You probably win the game if that happens. All right, Raider Nation, that's it for me. I'm Glenn Rockney. That's at Glenn Rockney um, on Twitter. Uh, and uh, I have another podcast called Rare Candy Podcast. Um, that's been real fun. Uh, got a uh, got a new episode coming out Monday. Um, we have some really interesting content on uh, on a lot of coronavirus stuff, a lot of politics commentary, a lot of just social commentary, some humor, some fun stuff. Um, might not be your cup of tea. That's fine. But uh, um, if you want to go ahead and check that out, go ahead. Um, if you like this podcast, don't worry. I'm doing that twice a week for as long as the season goes. And uh, I appreciate everybody for doing it, um, especially, you know, I get shout outs and stuff throughout the week. It's, it's nice. Um, definitely uh, on days where I work and maybe I'm a little bit tired. I'm like, you know what? I got to Let me do this episode, man. Let me do this episode. Cause at least somebody wants to hear it. You know, thank you. Just fall, you know, throw that out, you know, into the void where nobody could hear it. So it's really nice that you guys tune in. Um, if you guys really like it, it helps, uh, the podcast get noticed. If you leave reviews on iTunes, um, comments on YouTube, uh, share it, retweet, anything like that. Um, really helps, uh, tell a friend, if you got Raider coworker friends, shoot them a link. You know what I mean? Uh, I know we don't hang out with friends much anymore because of all this uh, climate, uh, especially if you're in California with the lockdowns. But hope everybody stays safe. uh, And uh, let's go Raiders. Let's beat these damn Jets. All right, guys.